This week on Life in New Jerusalem, a retrospective. We all remember where we were when God time connected with clock time. Some of us were startled to find ourselves remembering. After all, it had been a long time since we had bodies like this, with physical needs, and some of us were surprised that it happened before we experienced God's presence without a body. The new earth and new heaven, once separated by the starkest of one-way barriers, were with us. The old earth and old heaven had passed away, and it was the last time any of us used the phrase, pass away. Indeed, all who had ever walked the old earth now walk the new earth, but with all the pain and suffering taken away. God's light reaches into what had been the darkest corners, not only of the land, but of our souls. Our very beings were purged of darkness and of death itself. Now we have eternity to create alongside God, some creating text from scholarship, some creating beautiful artworks out of metal, stone, paint, film, drama, and more. Some creating music, and some creating stories from their long interactions. No when else has it been possible to play euchre with your great-great-grandchild and with your great-great-grandparent at the same time. In the old earth, sin appeared to reign supreme. Avarice led to wrath and violence against others for what they had, and a sloth in helping others when they were in pain. Lust led to many poor relationships, to acts of violence, to situations of pain and hardship unlike anything else imaginable. Gluttony led a very few to consume much more than they needed, more than they wanted, quite frankly, and lessen what was available for those who were born into difficult situations. Envy of the good that others had led to false pride, the vanity of belief in your own abilities or attractiveness in the eyes of others. These sins and all the others are no longer with us. The threat of violence no longer holds meaning. After all, we cannot feel pain, we cannot die, and we cannot suffer or weep. There is more than enough to go around. The new earth is well tended as the good shepherd intended, and love abounds throughout New Jerusalem. Even the sea that was does not trouble us anymore. The sea, that terrifying expanse of water that could swallow up entire boats of people, the home of the Leviathan, the great expanse of the unknown, it is no longer a mystery to us. It, it, it being gone, is evidence of the light of God reaching those darkest places. Of course, it is still home to the fish and the coral and the beauty of creation, but we can now travel through it like air, walk its depths, build homes on the floor, and watch the fish swim around. The terror of the sea is no more. All that is left is its beauty, adorning parts of New Jerusalem that had never been imagined before. This city, the city that spans the entire globe, this city of New Jerusalem, had been glimpsed from time to time. Simone Weil, who passed into heaven in 1943, described the universe as a divine utterance, the sound or vibration of love. The universe as an expression of love and everything in the universe is essentially a means to love. The rising sun, 
is a means to love, as is the whiteness of the moon at night. Every life form, the shape of the weeping willow by the distant pond, the song of the robin in the hedgerow, the light in the eyes of every creature, all these are means to love. I am a means to love, as are you, your children, and indeed your whole tribe. We are created to stay focused on that sacred center of love, to live in union with God. And so we do live in union with God in New Jerusalem, without the shadows distracting us from God's light. They saw the new heaven and earth through the lens of love, a very appropriate lens. From the same century, the 20th, uh, the monk Thomas Merton saw it a little bit differently. He taught that the spiritual practice was about reclaiming the diamond essence of God at the heart of each of us. Even in the midst of the darkness of the 20th century, he saw what was possible by first remembering the diamond essence at our heart, in the deepest places of us. That diamond essence is of God. Second, that same diamond essence is in the heart of all things and all people. Third, Merton found that we find true strength for the holy work of transformation in the world only by digging deep into the foundations of our being. That same strength of spiritual practice which took effort and was buried deeply in Merton's day shines brightly from each of us in New Jerusalem. Going further back, we see Teresa of Avila's visions as preconceiving the new earth. She wrote, Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing make you afraid. All things are passing. God alone never changes. Patience gains all things. If you have God, you will want for nothing. God alone suffices. It's true that in her day all things were passing, but it's also true that God alone suffices now as then. God is at the center of all we do, as God has always been, but it is now more visible, more present. God is dwelling with us. John of Patmos was another who saw New Jerusalem very clearly in his vision of Revelation. When he told the world of God's first words in his vision, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely of the springs of eternal life. When John told the world of these words, humanity started to glimpse this time without time, where God is the source and the goal of all life, giving freely of the waters of life. God has given us bodies that age in memory and experience and wisdom, but do not age beyond what was once our prime. Of course, the premier glimpse of New Jerusalem was through Jesus' work on earth. Jesus taught that New Jerusalem was already here, if we could just find it in ourselves to notice it. Nowhere is this more clear than in Jesus' interactions with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, reported widely by the Gospel of John. When Mary tells Jesus that her brother Lazarus has died, Jesus lets out a groan from his inmost being, a groan of such deep emotion that the Greek word John uses to describe it, ebrimisthai, was classically used of a horse snorting. That much power, that much pain and passion in one groan. 
Jesus was moved to tears, to weep as we have no need to weep now, and wept with the mourners. In so doing, Jesus shows that God is not apathetic. Our lack of tears are not because of lack of emotion, but because there is nothing that leads us to weep in New Jerusalem. God not only is not apathetic, but God's heart is deeply wrought with anguish at human anguish. God weeps with humanity, even though there will be a time without tears. For God showed God's power over death by raising Lazarus from the grave, a promise of what would come. Truly, Lazarus is the first citizen of New Jerusalem, proof that God can and will raise from the dead anyone at any time, no matter how far gone, nor the state of their old earthly body. Yes, New Jerusalem and the new heaven and new earth, which are united in its bounds, New Jerusalem is a city of hope, a city of life, a city of love, a city of God's dwelling with us and within us, a city where death and suffering and sorrow and sin and even tears have passed away. But we continue on, co-creating with God, splashing through the springs of eternal life and loving all who have gone before us and who have come after us. It is good. Praise God for life in New Jerusalem. Praise Christ who showed the way. Praise the Spirit who blesses our hearts with love in their diamond essences. Amen.